everyone, and welcome to episode 307 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up today, Richard? Hey, Seth. How's it going? Huh? It is going well. We're going to have a fun cast today, I think. But before we get into our topics, we have another co-host in Krim. What's up this morning, Krim? Morning, Seth. Uh, not much, not much. Just, uh, it, like, you know, I'm excited because, you know, we got a little bit of, uh, news on the next magic set, so. <laughs> The, the littlest bit of news, honestly. We're so, so our plan for today, we were trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about, and we got a little bit of Keldheim news. We did find out we're going to have some spoilers this week, but we haven't gotten them yet. So we're going to talk about what we know about Keldheim. We got a little bit of other news about a uh, very awesome, famous Magic Pro, and then we're going to dedicate most of the cast to kind of doing a constructed magic review of the year, more or less, uh, where formats are at now, where they've been this year, where they're going. So kind of talk constructed and then answer some fish mail at the end. So that is our overview for today. But before we get into that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if y'all have ever tried to sell your magic cards to a buy list, it is so much work, so much sorting and shipping and typing, very time-consuming. It's a really big hassle, essentially. Well, Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your cards. And if you want to avoid all those hassles I was just talking about and all the time it takes to sell your cards yourself, well, this new service from the folks at Card Hoarder will sort, grade, and sell your magic cards for you and once your shipment is processed, you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee. And right now, you can get a 10% discount by going to cardconduit.com slash goldfish. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. Let's start with uh, our two shorter topics, and then we'll get into Constructed after that. So first, we just got, like an hour ago, or a bit of Keldheim news. So Richard, what do we learn about Magic's upcoming set? We got like a month to go. What do we learn today about Keldheim? All right. Wizards released a couple articles on the mothership uh, introduced in Keldheim, and we have basically a bunch of uh, artwork from the set. We know that Kaldheim sneak previews start tomorrow. <laughs> uh, they're going to have uh, a couple sneak previews before the holidays from December 15th to 17th. The uh, official launch, preview launch, I guess, is January 7th. And January 28th is when the set actually releases. Uh, but looking at the art, uh, we see Viking stuff. We know that Tybalt and Kaya are returning. Kaya sporting a new hairdo. And then we have two new planeswalkers. Uh, they've introduced we have nico eris uh the first non-binary planeswalker and then we have tyvar kel uh an elf green black elf lord of the rings looking dude uh so we got two new planeswalkers a lot of art and then yeah previews will start tomorrow uh when they i guess they're gonna drop some planeswalkers on us because they usually do that uh, before the holidays. Yeah, I mean, we don't exactly know what sneak peeks mean. They said they're coming from actual metal bands, apparently, are going to be uh, showing stuff off. They mentioned art, they mentioned some teasers, they mentioned some actual cards. So who really knows uh, what's going to show up this week? But I gotta say, 
seeing the art from the set and hearing the description from the set has made me even more excited. And this was already one of the, at least out of the standard sets, uh, coming next year that I was most excited for. So it's even more exciting now. I think kind of seeing the art, seeing the planeswalkers, hearing references to, uh, to lots of bearded characters have been promised. So, <laughs> so I think, I think this set's going to be super sweet and I'm excited to, uh, to see what the, the you know previews show but off. What, what if everyone's beard looks like Vince's? Like, what are you? Oh, no. or mine? <laughs> They're Vikings. <But> Vince, <laughs> Vince's beard has some good qualities. I, I will give him that. It is a nice, you know, kind of tame, well maintained beard. But it is not a Viking beard, so I'm not or too mine. worried about about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you you have the the most trimmed beard I've ever seen. I mean, yes, yes. I thank you. I'm glad it's very well kept. So well kept that it's not there. I love it. <laughs> also, yeah, th- this set is looking ca- like I'm just happy that we got this metal font back. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I was, I was really hoping that they would continue give- giving us more like cards like this after seeing the secret layer. And uh, yeah, this this is gonna be cool. Also, I am in love with this new Kaya art. Uh, I, I I think she looks like a total badass here. Like I mean, like like oh, you know the like the pro the whatever the main artwork I'm talking about, right? Where it's like her holding her double axe. Yeah, 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 dude, that looks so sick. And like, there's like so far the artwork that I'm looking at looks really cool. Uh, a lot of it does kind of look to me a little like like a little I don't know. World of Warcrafty when it <laughs> have you have you like and that's not just it does been, or you could look at you're looking at the Titan aren't you I'm like is that is that Inferno Titan is that what is that is that is that some kind of Earth yeah Titan? like come on let's go like what is that it's like a molten giant or something like that and and there's there, like there's even like a world tree you know kind of like uh, Yggdrasil I think I, I'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right but it's it's oh no you're right you've ruined this for me it is right (laughs) it is so like i like it looks like yegersil uh and and all this other stuff and and i'm i'm kind of like okay so it's like thor ragnarok (laughs) the set let let me ruin it further for you look at the kaldheim logo and then try not to see the Batman logo anymore. Yep, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, 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 whatever, the main, the premium booster, like, it's literally just Mjolnir, right? With the, with the, the hammer. Yeah. So it's Thor Ragnarok, the, the set. And I I'm mean, ca- it is from Norse mythology yeah, where yeah, all yeah. these IPs harvest ideas from, so not surprising. I, I like it though. I mean, th- this is a cool thing, so I- I'm a fan of it mostly just because I like the creatures that we-, we were looking at right now. There's this weird, like, fox-looking creature holding its orb. So, everything I'm seeing from the artwork right now is looking solid. Uh, it- yeah. It's got me pretty excited. I think, uh, I mean, we'll probably get some sweet showcase cards. I think, hopefully, it plays off the metal theme. That would be really sweet. I think the other thing from the art that stood out to me, I don't really know much about what y'all were talking about, about World of Warcraft, so you're not ruining it for me, because I don't know any of those references, but... Looking at this art, snow's gotta be coming back, right? There's like, the lands are very clearly snow covered. They look like snow covered forest or like snow covered whatever. So we gotta have the return of snow, right? There's gotta be snow basics in the set. There's gotta be a snow mechanic. Is there any way that they would have all this like snow art and this snow theme plane and not bring snow back to standard? It would be mega weird. snow. 
Yeah, mega, yeah. <laughs> mega snow. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> and then, and like, oh boy. And then can you, can you imagine that? Like, I, if, if snow comes back in standard, maybe we'll get to see, like, think about it. Scred. That's also a very metal card. Oh, just a name, right? And, and then, of course, we would also have, like, I mean, is, I don't think it'd be too powerful for standard. Ice Fang Coatl. So, oh, I mean, boy, that'd be so good. Remember the last time we had snow in Astrolabe and yeah, whatever. Like, oh, I don't but know. it wasn't I, snow. In I don't like the snow mechanic. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm hopeful though. Like, if they do print more snow, maybe this gives them a chance to also print some snow hate. I think that's what's missing. Like, we don't have no way they anything will. to punish people. <laughs> Oh, Tomer, Tomer, settle down over there. Tomer, um, where's Tomer? <laughs> Was that from Tomer? That sounded like Tomer. That did sound like a Tomer pun. Um, but that's what we're missing, I think. Like, we, that's why snow is arguably strictly better than playing non-snow lands in a format like modern, is there's just no punishment for snow. So maybe we'll get some snow hate cards in this set, which would maybe wait, even help modern. Wait, well, let, let me ask you this. Does snow need hate? I mean, I think it's awkward that in modern, I think it's always correct to play snow basics, right? There's no downside to it, and there's only upside to it. So it's a little weird to me that snow basics are just, like, strictly better than basics. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that is true. Like, there is no downside to it. But I guess when I think of the upside of it, you know what I mean? Like... What do I have right now? But I mean, I I've I haven't played modern in a minute, so yeah. I mean, I like, mean, even just like turning on your quaddles and upside, like giving your quaddle death touch, like when right. there's literally no downside at all, you might as well. Play would you basics. use a card to turn off quaddle? Like, like, what would this hate even do, and why would like it has to be like on? A two mana five five or something, right? Like I, I wouldn't play like the rest in peace of snow. Like it does like almost nothing, right? Like it's they're like incremental advantages, which you don't want to waste a card on shutting down because like because yeah, they're not adding, they're not losing any like deck space or like you know what I mean. They're just like "Ah, I'm gonna play a basic land, right? This is what I was doing anyway. So Uh, and then like a sinkhole. A sinkhole for snow. You can call it like melting or something. Mel- it's like melting. two mana destroys soul. A snow. Would you play that over molten rain or something in your sideboard? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Do I want it? to blow up a land? I mean, like, there's cleansing wildfire, right? Oh no, but that doesn't hit a basic. So I guess that's the one thing. It that's... would be so good in standard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there was really snow basics, it would be so good. <laughs> yeah, or like snow vindicate or something. That that would be interesting. Th- there needs to be like surgical extraction for snow cards from your deck something like that <laughs> where you could actually just like rip out all the snow cards from someone's deck and then like call it a day i think that that's worth playing <laughs> I, I i just once again like i just don't see the the reason to hate snow out yet but like maybe maybe there will be if this set let's say brings a bunch of snow stuff in and then there's just something ridiculously broken. What about Snow Arrow? Snow Arrow, yeah. <laughs> Great. Comes into play. You can put a snow land from your hand into play. Ooh, it's balanced. And the cost, it's snow. It's balanced. <laughs> <laughs> they only gain three life if they have snow permanence. <laughs> All right. One one other really important question uh, about Caltime before we move on. Is Tibalt going to be the broken card? Doesn't Tibalt feel like the kind of card, because it's such a meme, that wizards would bring back and just, like, 
ridiculously pushed to make up for last time, and that ends up being like the new Oko. Wouldn't that there, be so there was funny? a last time, and he sucked <laughs> again. Yeah, no, 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 no. Three mana Tybalt was played in standard. Come on, it it it, it, it wasn't got, broken though. I mean, it wasn't broken, but it wasn't. It didn't suck. It's, <laughs> it's not. It wasn't like a Narset, you know. Like oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The yeah, power yeah. level well, if they wanted to break him. I mean, the the passive that he I, did. He have a passive? I actually, don't yeah. The, the 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 only reason you played him to not gain. Oh life. right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I forgot what he did. Okay, but yeah, you know what? He's better than fiend blooded. Now I was I was hoping that this time around, that's what they, like that would that was pretty much what was going to be like Tybalt's thing when War of the Spark came around because he was such a meme that this time he would come back six mana and like break the game or something like that. <laughs> but but you know that didn't happen yet. But is th- is this the set? Did so they break a big red snow tibble? Yeah. Did they break it this time, right? Did wizards break it? And we're, we're going to find out. Because I would love to find Tybalt here shredding and being the most powerful planeswalker of the whole set. I mean, I, I at least I say that now and then, and, and then maybe I play Given that it. we only see Kaya concept art. <laughs> I don't know that that's happening. <laughs> right, right, right. What okay, if Kaya okay. just murders Tybalt in the story here? And that's the end of Tybalt. <laughs> I mean, that, oh, that's going to be such a bummer. Like, Tybalt can't die. I mean, or I hope not. He, he tried uh, to protect himself, but he randomly threw away his... All right, so we will know more about Keldheim soon. Over the next, I think, three-ish days is when we're going to be getting whatever they're releasing this week. So keep an eye out uh, on Twitter. If there's actual spoiler cards, we'll do daily spoiler video for them. So uh, we'll let you know what's going on, and we'll definitely talk about them next week on Cast. Uh, what are you going to say, Crap? I was just going to ask you, do you think this now, because like if you go to the, the Mothership article, it talks about gods, right, and myths. So... I think this means we're seeing more sagas again, at least from the myth side. And then do you think they complete the demigod cycle? Or not the demigod cycle, but like, you know, they're the gods that we got and like the titans that we got from Theros, do you think they finish it here? Oh, boy. I honestly, someone asked me this on stream the other day, and my first reaction was, do I want wizards to finish that cycle? Because Uro, like, Uruk rocks are so good. Do we really want more of those around? And if they're going to make them intentionally bad, do we want them to do that? Because that would be pretty disappointing compared to how busted Crocs and Uro are. Crocs no. is not not busted. I mean, it's still like legitimate modern state. Oh, like, it, it's it a is, very, it it's is not good. busted like Uro, but it's still like played across formats and very good in all those formats. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I, I want, I really feel like as I, as like this statement is coming out, the like monkey's paws, like curling, but, uh, <laughs> like, like, I want them to be good, but, and I hope that they're there, but I don't I think, want them to be uh, Uro levels of good. And I mean, I guess the other question is, gods don't really have a mechanic other than being harder to kill. So I would be very surprised. Maybe they bring them back as characters or make well, them as characters. But I would be surprised if, like, escape was a mechanic and they were formatted like the Theros Beyond Death cards. Because Wizards just generally doesn't do that. Like, just put a mechanic in the set for one or two cards. I mean, yeah. that that, that Like, that is true. I mean, I just thought so that... So maybe 
uh, they're there as characters, but they don't work anything like Croxen or Odu, and they're more like, I don't know, some of the older gods we've seen. What about if it's like s- Snow Escape? <laughs> like, is, that a, is that a bad pun or a like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's a bit of both. You see, it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. That, that one was actually pretty good. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And, like, is Keldheim connected to Theris Beyond Death? Like, would it make sense from a flavor perspective to have the rest of the gods that we originally met on Theros Beyond Death beyond Kaldheim? I, I don't know enough about lore to, to know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's about, like, I don't know, Richard, are you a lore person? You, you, I, you can't cross the streams. It's Norse mythology and Greek yes. mythology. Having said that, the gods play an important role in Norse mythology, so I, I do expect them to be here, right? I don't, I don't think it's just a bunch of Vikings. I, I think the gods will show up somehow, but you know, they're not constellation gods and things like that. They'll just be their own gods and they'll, they'll probably just be indestructible. I uh, mean, but, yeah, I'm, that sounds yeah, cool. Like right? Ragnarok, like to, things like, like, you have to have that, right? Like, right. otherwise we I mean, just have a bunch of humans wielding axes. Is that exciting? No, right? You need, you need I, some titans and you need some gods. I'm pretty sure they mention gods in specific. So I think we know that gods are coming back. The question is what exactly they will be. Be? I would guess they would be more flavored. Maybe there will be new. Than, if you control four or more snow permanents, it's off. Yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I, I'm just like, because I, I think this would be a great plane to have like a super metal Fanex art. But I mean, I guess, of course, I want that. <laughs> Clothis, because we only got Clothis and a few others this time around. So it'd be nice to see um, like more. But I guess they could just make newer gods and that. That would also be sweet. All right, so let's move on from the world of Kaldheim to a little bit more news. Apollo, PVDDR. This week, one, not just best magic player in Brazil, but number one overall esports player at a esports, uh, national esports award show, which is pretty awesome. Like, I don't know. What did, it, what do you think of that? I mean, obviously, huge congrats to Paulo. I was mostly just shocked because. I didn't realize that Magic had enough pull as an eSport for any Magic player, even one, you know, as established and accomplished as Paulo, to actually be competing against Fortnite players and League of Legends players and everyone and come out on top. So uh, were you surprised at all to see that? I was very surprised. Uh, most, not, not, yeah, but not because, like, you know, oh, wow, like, you know, PV doesn't deserve something. It's like, PV's very good, right? I was more so surprised that there was a category for that. Do you know what they kind of, like, go off of when it comes to, like, determining who wins that, tro- like, you know, that title? I, Is it, like, I winnings? Actually, earnings? I I actually don't. I would assume it's not <laughs> earnings because <laughs> I would imagine a Magic player would ne- would never win compared to some of the more uh Well, PV uh, is high consistent, right? Within it's not the year. It's not a lifetime achievement, right? It's esports. It was player for the, the year, year right? I think. Yeah. yeah, like lifetime earnings, maybe. But I, I have a hard time imagining that the best, the top money winner of Magic this year is anywhere near the top of esports overall this year. Well, I mean, it depends on, I guess, the Brazilian scene. Like, I don't know anything about Brazilian esports or like what they play there. Uh, maybe Magic is one of the bigger. Uh, games in, in the scene, or I don't know, maybe the contenders in the other esports just did not do well <laughs> this year, so Paulo was just there to, to scoop it up. Uh, but you know, Paulo is one of the greatest magic players of all time, uh, so having him represent uh, magic to the Brazilian community 
uh, is super cool. And it's cool that we can notch a win against other titles somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, yeah, did, did, did the H game make X billion dollars this year? Don't worry. <laughs> right? Did you win esports uh, player of the year in Brazil? Right? We got one, right? Uh, yeah. So congrats to Paulo. That's like yeah. super, super awesome uh, that he actually came in first in that. So exciting magic news. Anyway, let's talk about our main topic for today, which is kind of a bit of a constructed review of 2020 in the magic world. And, uh, so let's start with standard. And I think the question here is, uh, as Richard, so, so aptly put it before cast, his wizards finally killed standard. Richard, what do you mean by that statement? All right. Uh, across the board, every metric we can look at, standard is not doing well at all. Uh, Twitch views, YouTube views, people reading, writing articles, making decks. Uh, this is not just across MTG Goldfish, but across like all of the magic community. People are just not interested in standard. Uh, people don't care about standard. Uh, everyone seems to have shifted their focus onto commander, which kind of makes sense given that uh, Commander Legends just released, uh, but has Wizards finally done it, right? After like two years of bad standards, after, you know, the death of pro magic, uh, it's been a while since organized play made any kind of sense to anyone, to aspiring grinders and, and stuff like that. And uh, the focus on Arena and then the focus on Commander, you know, Commander has grown a lot. But did Wizards actually get new players or did they just convert all the standard players into commander players? And then, you know, leaving basically the, the, the husk of, of standard left over. So we're going to, we're going to do a review of standard this year, see how it goes. And then we're going to talk about pioneer and modern. And uh, those other formats are also not doing too well. Uh, but if you guys recall, so 2020 has been a long year. 2020 standards started with Theros Beyond Death in January. And then we had Ikoria in April. And along with Ikoria, we had the wonderful companion mechanic, uh, which, which came out. And then in June, the companion mechanic was changed. Uh, on release, you could just get a free card in your hand. Now you have to pay, uh, three mana to put it in your hand. Uh, Agent of Treachery and Fires was banned in June in standard. And then following that up in August, uh, that was when they did a clean sweep of the format. Uh, Cauldron <laughs> Familiar, Growth Spiral, Teferi, Wilderness Wreck, all gone before the upcoming rotation. And then in September, we had the rotation and we had the release of Zendikar Rising. And uh, Uro finally got the ban hammer in September. For some reason, he escaped, pun intended, August. And then, you know, he got hit in September finally. Uh, and then... There wasn't really much hype for Zendikar Rising. Like, standard is balanced, but the new cards aren't being played. And then it was overshadowed by Commander Legends. And that brings us to today, where people don't really care about standard anymore. Um, what do you guys think? Has Wizards finally done it? Like, years of short-sighted decisions against standard, and, and this is it? We, we're all Commander players now? We're all casuals? Is that... Is that where we're at? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think, so my question is what the, what the more long term is. I think right now for me, there's very little doubt that standard, even though 
I would say it's decent right now. I, I don't think it's like greatest of all time standard, but it's diverse. There's several different playable decks, uh, which I think is a good sign that we've finally gotten to that point. But I think that we're still paying the price for Eldraine. the past two years. <laughs> yeah, really going back to Eldraine or even you could argue like War of the Spark, M20, like we started to see the signs with Field of the Deads and Nissas and Teferis and some really busted stuff happening. And that really continued at least through Ikoria, you could argue maybe Zendikar Rising with Omnath, but outside of Omnath, this seems like it was pretty much in a fine place for Standard. But I feel like that's what we're seeing now, is uh, people stuck it out and waited and tried to make do with Standard through a ridiculous amount of bannings, a ridiculous amount of just horrible formats with one deck being 50, 70% of the meta, which no one really enjoyed. People stuck it out for a long time, but eventually, uh, people started to drop off and not care. And now, even though standard is back to being, you know, at least average and maybe slightly above average, it's going to take a long time for those people to come back. And I, don't know if they will or not. Like, if you bought a commander deck and you've started playing commander, maybe you just don't go back to standard, or maybe you just play a little bit casually on arena when you're bored and have nothing better to do, but don't really take it as seriously as you used to. So I'm actually not sure if standard is going to recover. And I think along with bad standards, it's also wizards focusing heavily on the commander format, printing a lot of cards for commander, pushing commander heavily, uh, having a ton of supplemental products for commander instead of more standard focused stuff. It's the pandemic to some extent, I think shutting down LGS is you can't just go to a standard F and M, but I am definitely concerned that standard will not just recover from this period. And that we're finally seeing the, the, you know, the the fruits of all of the destruction that was sown over the past couple of years uh, at this point. And I mean, yeah, there's still a lot. To, I'm not gonna lie. It just feels like there's the Eldraine stuff that's still just lingering the whole set. You know what I mean? Like it still feels <laughs> just eh, right. But but I, I, I don't I don't think any of the sets like Ikoria just now doesn't seem important. Right. I mean, after the, the change in companions, I just feel like the only thing that's like cool there is the triomes. And then there's just Eldraine, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I feel like most of the sets have been kind of voided out. Uh, and, and that leaves just Zendikar rising and it's, it lost Omnath, but Zendikar rising has rogues and all that, but it just feels like that's the only set in standard right now that isn't miserable. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say, not even like like I, I I think I talked about this last week where I don't feel like playing standard because I'm just playing the same stuff I've seen for like the past year or two. It's just not fresh, even though it's balanced and you can play like whatever mid rangey deck you want to play as long as it can you know includes Eldrain cards. Like the problem is I've I've seen Eldrain for like too long now, uh, so I don't really want to see Eldrain anymore. Um, but I think also part of it is, I, I think it was like maybe like two, three years ago. I don't remember the exact timeline now where they started changing, uh, you know, platinum, gold pros, all of that stuff. And everyone was like, what is the route to grinding your way into pro status? 
And uh, I don't know what it is anymore, right? They had like Rivals League and MPL and stuff and like who knows what's going on with that. And then the meme became like, just be a streamer, right? Just be a popular streamer of another card game, right? And then you'll get invited to top tier magic tournaments. And I, I think this actually really hurts um, not the top pros, but like, just like the, the spiky players who, like, they, they play, like, they're not like super good or anything, but there's some, there's some higher level to aspire to, right? Like, oh, what if you take down that PTQ, right? That's a little goal you can work towards, right? That's a, it's a, it's a fun thing to wake up on a Saturday, go to some strange location and try to play some magic at, with like high stakes, right? And today, what you basically do is, turn on arena and play the arena opens, but it's, it's not the same experience, right? It's not the same. Uh, it doesn't feel as thrilling. It doesn't feel like you need to study and put the effort in, buy the cards, all those things. So I feel like just the lack of a grind and the, the lack of the, the pro tour and things like that is just causing people to not be seriously invested in magic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is definitely very true. And even the arena opens while I'm glad that we have, uh, you know, hashtag esports during the pandemic and they're making do. They don't really feel that much different than just playing the ladder. Like they're very, if you ever watch someone stream one, like really, you don't really see any difference. Part of the cool aspect that I always enjoyed of watching like Grand Prix, for example, or pro tours, as you see really good players playing against other really good players, uh, your favorite players, maybe when you watch an arena open, yeah, you get to watch a streamer that you choose, but they're kind of just like playing against faceless random people, which to me makes it feel very similar to any other arena stream. Like if you just sat down and stream the ladder for a few hours, that's not really that much different. So I definitely agree that people not having something to aspire to is definitely an issue, especially for a format like standard, like, if you don't have the opportunity to try to, like, PTQ or the system's too confusing for you to care about to try to, like, grind your way into whatever we're calling Pro Magic at this point, why not just buy a Commander deck? Like, if you are going to be forced to be casual either way, you're going to have a lot more fun casually playing Commander than casually playing Standard. I, I love Commander, so, I mean, it it's just so much more fun. Because I, I think it's because also you get to just do whatever you want, right? And I don't think you can do that in the standard. Like, Richard's like, oh, well, make sure whatever you're playing has Eldraine cards. And, yeah, like, it, it, it's it's a lot to ask from standard, right? But but I, I, I would say that, I don't know, standard just feels... it's it's It's, like, balanced, but it's just boring. It's not fun, right? Yeah, like it's, it's just flat out boring. Mechanically okay, right? Like there's nothing outrageously broken or anything, but it's just not enjoyable. Yeah. So hmm. And I think a lot of that is the sameness of it. That we've just been seeing these same decks for so long and the same cards for so long that it just gets old. And that kind of brings me to I guess maybe some ideas for fixing it. I am still a supporter of maybe having two rotations a year rather than one to try to get rid of you know, the, the sameness of it, where you're seeing the same cards over and over, having a faster rotation, especially now when no one's playing paper anyway. The last time we did this, I guess the, the outcry was, oh, you know, I bought this deck for however many hundreds of dollars, but now I can't use it for as long. That's not 
is much of a concern on Arena, where a huge percentage of people are free to play anyway, so whatever. Uh, so I think that would be a possibility. Obviously, having a coherent and understandable and attainable organized play system, where, like, I, I have no idea how you qualify. Like, if you ever read one of Wizards' articles about how to qualify for something, it's like multiple charts with arrows pointing every different <laughs> direction, and it, and you just have no... I still have no idea, even looking at the chart. Like, I kind of grab bit, but I'm like, eh, okay, like, this is just not worth my time trying to figure out. The other thing that makes me a little hopeful is it does seem like we have some sweet sets next year. Like, Keldheim looks sweet. I don't care about Harry Potter, but I'm sure some people are going to love Strixhaven. A D&D crossover has potential. Innistrad's a classic. Maybe that, combined with, theoretically, things getting better on the pandemic front, will give us an upturn in standard, but I'm uh. definitely nervous about the long-term for uh, health of the format. Yeah, two new sets, I think, is good, although I'm a little scared given Eldraine. Uh, but this year we had both both Theros and Zendikar, and I think I'm done with Return to sets, right? Like, I, I feel they add nothing interesting. Like, Return to once, maybe, right? But, like, Return to for the second and third time, like, eh, whatever. I'd rather see brand new worlds and brand new characters. So... I Maybe it's just this year we had two return two sets and only one new set in Ikoria. I don't think that the returning part of it, I guess like it depends on the plane because like I, I liked return to return to Ravnica, right? I would say that was a sweet set. I don't know how, like to me, I think the issue is it doesn't matter what plane we're going to if the cards themselves and the set itself either A, is Eldraine where it's disgustingly broken, then I'm miserable, and or just irrelevant, right? Like, it just feels like a lot of these sets are just irrelevant. Like, it's it's nullified by Eldraine. I mean... What if you start overpowered, like, companion, and then nerfed <laughs> into irrelevancy? What does yeah, that like, that, see, and that, that, that was the <laughs> issue. And it, it, let, let's say we look at Ikoria, there was just the companions, right? And the triumphs? To a, there, there were no monsters, right? right. Like, we were supposed to be bashing like Timmy green creatures against each other, and like it didn't happen, right? So Ikoria didn't really deliver what it's supposed to deliver. Well, I, yeah, like I think I think there 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 weren't really any big monsters, and like you know we like mutate was good for the set, and like I see where they were going with it, but the issue is that the just mechanic feels really bad when you get blown out by a single piece of removal. <laughs> I mean, I like Mutate a lot. I do, I, I do. I actually yeah. very much enjoy playing with the mechanic, but it's not a especially competitive right. mechanic. Like, it's a fun, like, semi-competitive or casual mechanic, but it's not something that's going to, like, break through at the top of tournament tables consistently. I do think what Richard mentioned makes sense to me, though. Like, I don't mind returning to sets, but how many movie franchises, you know, have three, four, five... <laughs> It returns to the same topic, the same cast of characters, and have the third or fourth or fifth one end up being as good as the first one, or maybe the second Fast one. Fast like, and Furious. <laughs> but I mean, Boom. in general, in general, though, like, once you get to, you know, the third part, it's kind of not as good, and you're just, it's kitsch, and you're just like, I don't know, doing your, you know, the same old thing that you've done before. We're on so the I VHS could... direct-to-DVD. I don't know what you're talking about. The... Fast and Furious got better at the fifth movie. I'm just saying. But I think it makes sense that 
going to Zendikar the third time is not going to be as exciting as the first or maybe the second. So I'm not against returning to planes. Like, I think returning to Kamigawa or, like, Alara or something is a one-shot thing. That's probably sweet. But I do think going to the same plane every two or three years, rinse and repeat, eventually it's going to be hard for the new versions to live up to the old ones, even if they're beloved planes like Zendikar or... Innistrad, I'm a little nervous about Innistrad 3 this fall. Like, is that going to live up to the first one being one of the best sets and most beloved sets in Magic's history? Or are we just going to be sad because now Innistrad is, you know, not as fun as it used to be? The only set I'm looking forward is Return to Eldraine. Oh, <laughs> please. We can also known as, like, Vintage <laughs> Masters. <laughs> I, I am really upset, too, because, like, that about... Like the idea of Eldraine and whatnot, because that that takes the slot of a chance of like what Return to Lorowin. <laughs> I don't know. Is is can we still have a Lorowin set? Like if we're gonna return somewhere, I'd like that. But will then that just be too close to Eldraine? I mean, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind returning to Lorowin just for the art. Lorowin has some of the most unique art, I think. In, right uh, in Magic, like the land. Sure, we gonna get that art though, or are we gonna get? the new magic art and only in only in your collector's boosters will you get the original <laughs> Lorwyn art oh how how, how or, or maybe even secret be? lair collector's boosters <laughs> and he, hear me out normal art <laughs> is, is what, <laughs> so you essentially now have to pay thirty dollars a booster to get basic art <laughs> Maybe we'll get back to the point where people actually value the normal art higher because it's so hard to get (laughs) (laughs) compared to all the special versions and extensions and foils. Uh, Anyway, we got other formats to talk about. Any other quick standard thoughts before we we move on to Pioneer and Modern? One more standard thing I want to check with you guys. Yeah. We we flirted with this topic before. Maybe it's going to be good to go way too long. But do you think Arena has killed standard? Uh, so arena. So if you if you guys remember, like several years ago, uh, Wizards we used to we used to publish match data on Goldfish, and Wizards reached out to us and said, "Hey, you guys are solving the metagame too fast. You're ruining standard. Please remove the data, or we'll just block the way you're getting the data, which is basically Moto replays." Uh, so we said okay because they're gonna block it anyway, uh, <laughs> and then they they blocked it anyway, so you can't get that data on Moto. But Sandra was being solved too fast. And now with Arena, like literally hours after uh, a set has come out, like thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of games have been played and the data is all out there. Like the format is solved. Have we become basically like every other game where every patch, like an MMO or something, every patch you go hardcore for like five days, grind all the new content, and then you're out of things to do. You, you put the game away, wait another six weeks for a new patch update. And in Magic's case, that would be a new set. Is, is that where we're at? Is that why there's no hype? People just play Magic for like five days. Then that's it. <laughs> then they, they go to some other game and then they play that and they come back in six weeks when there's a new set. I, I mean, yeah. Well, sometimes it comes like there, there's like patches where you can still replay it. Though. Like there's replayability. Uh, in, in that set in the time, the dead time. But like, I think right now it's, it's so boring that it's, it, that factors into it. I think if standard weren't boring and whatnot, uh, we'd still be playing it. 
even even if right like i mean if the game is good enough like let's say like an mmo like the new expansion for wow i enjoy it right usually i get bored of these things after an hour and then i and then i just throw it away i don't even care to finish the expansion uh but i i would say i'm having a lot of fun with it now and there's a lot of replayability and even if it's the same thing over and over i don't mind it so if we have like a pattern of play that is though mundane or maybe like repetitive but if it's fun i can get down with continuously playing it until the next expansion so if I had to say, what if each patch costs you $300, $400 to acquire it already does. the necessary pieces to play the game? It Would you even does. bother with this game? <laughs> it is a very expensive MMO. Let's just go with that. If it's three to $400 every time, I'm also getting an out-of-body experience every time I log in. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think arenas definitely plays a role in it. Like, I, I think it, it has to. We saw with Zendikar Rising, people figured out the Omneth deck literally during the preview stream. Like, that one day before the set released, there were people that essentially figured out the deck that would go on to break standard and need to have bannings. That's before the set's even live. That's within hours <laughs> during a preview of at Widget Streamers that people already had essentially solved the format, which is you know, just ridiculous, and that wouldn't happen in the past. So I think that it's clear that Arena definitely plays into it, and I yeah. think that I think that people do play it that way. The other thing is, like, Arena has, especially now with paper not happening because of the pandemic, Arena has kind of made Magic into a video game uh, rather than whatever it was before and i think the way a lot of people play video games is you know you play them a bit then you play something else for a bit then you do something else and then maybe there's a new set on arena and you come back and try it for a bit instead of uh magic being i don't know like a lifestyle which it seemed like it was for a lot of people a few years ago where you'd have people that that's what they did all day every day or whenever they had free time for gaming it was going to go in magic i think arena does kind of diminish that aspect of it and you treat it more like a video game where you jump around to whatever you're finding fun or whatever hot new releases out and uh yeah i don't know if that's a, a good thing for the game overall like uh, i'm guessing the answer is no and i don't know how it's ever going to change like I, I feel like we're we talk so much about what arena would do to magic when arena was releasing and then arena kind of came and went and things were more or less the same and everyone was just focused on cards being broken but now maybe we're starting to actually see like how arena has changed the game as a whole now that we've had a couple of years we're at a place where the standard meta is relatively stable at the moment so yeah uh, i mean and maybe the answer is maybe wizard seems to allow data like that's the other thing if you look at hearthstone and basically every other competing game maybe wizards reluctance to allow people to have good data for their game is part of what's leading to this cell format if it's going to be solved in a day anyway let people have the data and maybe they can figure out something that beats the top deck based on having access to the data uh, because it's happening anyway like the format's getting solved anyway so what's the harm in putting good data out there it can't make anything you know worse because solved is solved and maybe it makes things better yeah I, 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 I fail to see wizards being that progressive. I mean, I, like throwing all your data out there, letting people do what they want. That, that seems absurd for like a company built in 1990. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the gathering part is a very important part of magic and it's what differentiated us from other games. Now that that's gone, now with the heavy focus on arena, 
you are just directly competing with like every other card game, every other mobile card game, and you're doing it worse, right? But before we had basically the land party of magic where you could gather, you know, have some pizza, have a couple beers, play some magic, have fun. Now that's kind of all gone and now you're incentivized to just play arena. Everything's so expensive. Who can maintain a paper deck and an arena account, right? So, and a commander deck. So yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think part of the trick is the gathering part and the LGSs, but Wizards has kind of deprioritized all of that, even before pandemic, even before pandemic with secret layers and things like that, you can see Wizards moving away from LGSs. So I am not sure what's going to happen, even when the pandemic is over. Yeah, that's definitely one of the the more concerning trends, I think, because it feels like this was the direction we were going anyway, and then the pandemic just kind of like sped things up uh, compared to what the the time frame probably was going to be. So I I'm not super convinced that we're just going to go back to the glory days of standard once the pandemic ends. I do think that maybe some of the other formats like Pioneer or Modern will benefit more from people being able to play in paper, but I think Wizards wants standard to be an arena format primarily. We were already heading in that direction with Pro Tours and Mythic Championships and Invitational shifting to arena. So I think we're heading here anyway, even if the pandemic was never a thing. Uh, that just made it happen a bit faster I believe, than it would have happened before. All right. So if Standard is dying, let's talk about dead. <laughs> is Pioneer dead? Uh, Pioneer, like, we can see the number of decks people make per format on the website. And Pioneer is looking like Frontier, guys. <laughs> Pioneer Ooh. was supposed to be the fixed Frontier. People are not interested in Pioneer there was a surge for a while, like Pioneer actually outpaced Modern for a couple months, but now Pioneer just seems dead in the water. Um, what do you guys make of like actually playing the format and like why does no one care about Pioneer anymore? Ooh, so, so I will say I think the Pioneer is on life support for one reason. The one reason I think it can recover. Uh, one and a half reasons. One is I do think Pioneer got hit harder than most by the pandemic, and that really killed the momentum that the format was building uh, like through last fall and the start of last winter before the pandemic hit. People liked it because it was cheaper than modern, but you still got a little bit of that like eternal feel so you could uh, actually build decks to play in paper. I think the one thing that makes me think it might recover is Wizards' continued insistence that they're going to put Pioneer on Arena. Yep. And if Pioneer does come to Arena, that could lead to a resurgence. But I will say my experience was I was super hyped for Pioneer. A year ago at this time, Pioneer was my literal favorite format in Magic. Yep. I made a ton of content for it. We were playing it constantly. Theros Beyond Death came out. It released all the combo decks into the format. Wizards unbanned Oath of Nyssa rather than fixing the problem. It went on for like six months, eight months. And I know that Pioneer has improved now. And it's not like it was before they banned the three big combo decks. But... That six months, eight months, or whatever it was of the format being so bad that I just didn't want to play it, I started playing other formats, and I started liking Historic and Modern, I think, improved in some ways. So now I just never went back to it, even though I know that it's in a better place than it was a few months ago before the bannings. I still haven't played a single, I don't think, a single, like, League of Pioneer. So I feel like Wizards' inability to quickly handle the problems from Theros Beyond Death really killed my interest in the format. Will I pick it back up someday? Probably. If it comes to Arena, definitely. But 
for now, I don't know. I think that that long period of the format just being so bad really drove a lot of people away from the format, and some of the people like me just haven't given it another chance since that bad period pre-bannings. I mean, I, I tried picking it up, <clears throat> but like the, uh, again, right? And it was it was fun for a little bit, and then I got paired against one too many Euro decks, and it kind of just looked like standards ban list, right? Like this is these are all the decks that got banned out of standard, and now that's all I'm playing again. So then I just kind of put it back down again. I'm just like, okay, cool. Well, it really, it, 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 I think if they don't fix that, if they don't get rid of the Uros, the, you know, the wilderness reclamations and all that stuff, like it's just, it just feels like I'm playing standard, you know, and, or like this past, what, two years are worth of standard. And that's just miserable to me. So I, I just, I don't want to play against Uro. I don't want to play against the mono green deck that beats me down with Nissa, right? I'm just like, okay, I'll just go play. What format do I have? And that kind of just leads me back to historic and, and I guess standard, right? Um, because that's how I get away from Uro. Or maybe maybe I just got to start playing Popper so I can really get away from Uro and cards like that because <laughs> I know that there can't be a, a common Uro. <laughs> so uh, like, like, Commander, like if I get dealt with, if I see an Uro there, whatever, right? I mean, it's not as bad. But Pioneer also doesn't have the answers that I would have in Modern, right? Like a Path to Exile to deal with annoying Uros and things like that. So I don't know. I it, I, I like Pioneer. I think it's a great format, and I and I think that. If you just got rid of these 2019 cards forward, then, you know, like, maybe maybe that'd be fine. Maybe it'd be, like, really fun again. Because, um, yeah, I, I after, what, I, I think I, I last played a league about a month and a half ago, two months ago. So, yeah. Yeah, the last time I played a league, it, I, I had to wait a long time for a match to fire. And oh, then yeah. that's when I'm like, yeah, Pioneer seems pretty dead. <laughs> And I think it's a problem of all formats, like vintage, modern included, where it doesn't matter where the format starts. Like nowadays, you're just playing 2019 cards forward, right? Like, right. oh, there's an Uro there, there's an Oko there. Like, what is going on? These cards get banned out of standard because standard is what Wizards pays attention to, but they don't get banned out of these older formats quickly enough, right? So you, you basically get tired of Oko from standard, and then you see Oko in all your other formats. <laughs> so you're and then maybe four months going later, back to standard to get away from. We'll do something else, right? But at least the older form, like modern, you could try playing like an older deck. Like you could try playing Tron and things like that. Pioneer, you don't have that option, right? The the format uh, doesn't go back far enough, so you're just left with like all these Arrow and Oko decks and things like that. And yeah, I think. Pioneer shelved until it gets an identity, right? And it can't be cards I did not enjoy playing with in standard, such that they were banned out of standard and are now only available in Pioneer. Like that's not a good thing, right? So right. it needs its own identity. And Which... with the power creep happening, I don't know if that's happening, right? Because you're just playing standard decks with like some additional efficient removal or something, and then a better better mana base, right? Like that's basically Pioneer, right? So I don't know if that's strong enough now. Uh, maybe it just needs more time or I, I'm not sure which what, then what the fix is. leads to the next question though like, I mean like you had mentioned it needs its own identity but what are you wh I'm starting to see the lines blur on arena when when arena gets pioneer will that be any different than historic like I mean I, I feel like historic you can be a little more hands-on so I'm more hopeful in historic uh, because they can just throw path to exile in the format right so yeah, 
I think my concern along those lines is like by the time they get Pioneer on Arena, is Pioneer just going to be literally dead? Yeah. Like you could take tiny leaders and throw it on Arena and it's probably not going to make a huge impact because it's a dead format. Like, I don't know. Like, I used to think that Pioneer would definitely just take over for where Historic was uh, once it was on the client, but I actually think that Historic will remain way more popular than Pioneer, even if Pioneer is added to the client. <laughs> right. Look, the whole point of Pioneer is it's more accessible than modern legacy vintage. On Arena, it's the least accessible format, right? It's the most expensive thing to be doing on Arena. So I, I don't know that it has enough pull, right? Like, you're like, ah, oh, modern's too expensive. I don't want to buy fetch lands, blah, blah, blah. Okay, play Arena, right? But now you're like, well, Historic already cost me a fortune. Do I want to try to build a Pioneer collection? Right. So, mm. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I am not super, super excited about the future of Pioneer, honestly, which is very sad because, like I said, if you asked me a year ago uh, what I thought about Pioneer, it was the format I enjoyed playing the most, so it's pretty sad to see such a rapid decline, and I thought it was going to be real and stick around and maybe even eventually, like, challenge Modern as the non-rotating format of choice, but... That seems much less likely one year into the future with how things have played out. All right. So moving quickly to modern, also on life support, not <laughs> modern is not doing well either. And modern at one point was actually one of the most popular formats in magic altogether, even outpacing standard. Uh, but we had a rough year with Oko, Thief of Crowns, Mox Opal, Microsynth Lattice, banned in January. Uh, if you remember more of the spark with Karn and the Lattice, that was a fun <laughs> time. Once Upon a Time into Oko. Uh, Once Upon a Time banned in March, <laughs> finally. Um, moving all the way to July, we had like a good full year of Modern Horizons and uh, Arkham Astrolabe wrecking everyone's face. They finally got rid of that in July. And I think that's it. That's where we are now. Well, well, what, what's up with modern? <laughs> I think that was when I last enjoyed modern, by the way. When Astrolabe? Uh, no, 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 not, no. Please, no, not that. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't care too much about it, but like, I, cause at the time it wasn't all over the place, but it was when, um, Microsynth Lattice was still legal. That was the last time I enjoyed it because I played Esper Control that also played the Karn deck or played Karn and the whole package. So it was a lot of fun up until then. I think. Everything after that, I kind of just like, eh, this is boring, right? Or this is uh, miserable to play against. And then that's when the Okos started showing up, right? Because War of the Spark, all that, that was great for Modern. I had a blast. Uh, and then Eldraine hit. And then weird. Just any format where a lot of Eldraine cards are legal, I'm immediately not really down to play it. And then Uro kind of just like ended Modern for me. I'm still enjoying Modern. I don't think Modern's in a great place right now, but I still do enjoy the Modern format. And out of all the formats we talked about today, I think it is the one that I have the most long-term hope for, but it's going to take some things 
going right for Modern to make the recovery that I would like to see it make. It's uh, going to need some more bannings, I think. I think uh, we still have Uros. Primeval Titan's a card that's been coming up on a lot of people's lists. It's gotten really good with Field of the Dead being in the format even better than it was before. So I think more bannings could help the format. I think Modern really, really, really needs the return of, like, paper magic tournaments, more so than any of the other formats we talked about today. I think why we talked about people losing interest in Standard and not watching, you know, as much Standard as far as tournament play, we haven't watched any Modern, because Modern is essentially just not existed. There's no GPs, there's no Pro Tours, there's no Players Tours, like, all of that stuff has went away because of the pandemic, so we really need those to return, and I also am holding out hope that Modern Horizons 2 next summer is going to rekindle the the masses interest in the format maybe even though i know modern horizons one did have some broken cards that ended up being a bad thing it also added a lot of cool decks and cards to the format in the period right after modern horizons was i think the peak of modern at least i think it was a peak of modern honestly as far as how interested people were in the format how many people were like watching modern videos building modern decks i think the the few months right after the release even with miserable stuff like hogat going on was one of the high points of modern so maybe the pandemic ends sooner than we think thanks to vaccines maybe we have paper tournaments by the end of next summer when modern horizons 2 comes out maybe that is what saves modern more or less and really brings it back to prominence in the magic community combined with hopefully wizards actually having some tournaments for it and not just playing standard formats that no one cares about on arena because i know it's the only option right now for the most part but hopefully once there are other options wizards embraces those again because modern really needs that tournament support i think to uh to survive and to thrive i I mean like i was hoping that you know, maybe they just decide, oh, you know, Pioneer, all right, we were kidding. What we meant to say was modern. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> what we're going to put on Arena. Um, but that is so that unlikely because, like, we haven't even gotten Pioneer Masters and whatnot. And there's even more sets to catch up to modern. And I can't even begin to imagine how much money that would cost. Yeah, I, I think modern's done for. And I think the reasons why Seth likes modern, I think, are all of the reasons why i hate modern now like modern horizons <laughs> one and basically eldraine forward have made it such that your deck is a rotating deck right if I, I remember distinctly when we went to gp vegas last year i had jund right this was right after modern <laughs> horizons and i'm like oh let's let's see what i need to update right and like my whole deck is obsolete right like i need you to are put playing so jund staples. though richard <laughs> I, but I think prior the, to this, the problem was you didn't have enough s- strangle roots. You needed yeah. more strangle roots. <laughs> that that, that turned out fine. to be the secret tech, right? <laughs> <You> but <laughs> prior to this, I could have a modern deck and it could sit there for like two, three years. I could break it out and it would be respectable, right? Like the, the format was slow to change and you could play uh, your old deck. Same with legacy, right? You could buy a legacy deck five years ago bring it out and it would be decent it would be good right and you can use your game knowledge and outplay your opponent and actually come out on top nowadays you have to get all the latest cards you have to get all the modern horizon uh one staples you need to get all the eldraine forward cards you're basically playing like a three thousand dollar standard deck right and i just don't want to invest that much money into a rotating deck it's supposed to be this like 
set it and forget it, break it out once in a while, and it's still relevant, but it's not. It just rotates like standard now, except the card pool is big, the cards are expensive. And is the card pool big, though? Because, I mean, if if it's just 2019 Ford... <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> 2019 Ford for all the cheap cards, all the expensive cards, like fetch lands and stuff, we need to keep begging for Watsy reprints, right? So... Like, I don't know, right? Like, I, I don't, I just don't want to keep up with this rotating format. Like, literally, like, last year, right? Like, every three months, modern dramatically changed, right? One week, you're looking to get, like, oko to death, but don't worry, six months later, it's banned, but you're getting astrolabe to death, right? You're getting comboed out with Urzos or something. Oh, uh, did you prepare for the Karn combo, right? Like, it, it just changes too fast for this supposedly, like, old format where you can play all your favorite cards, uh, so I, I dislike that, right? So Modern Horizons 2 will bring a bunch of new staples to the format. We'll rotate Modern once again. John will suck again. And then we have to buy new decks, right? And uh, it's just too expensive. Uh, yeah. And what is already kind of like a, an insanely expensive format, you know, that you're right. It is rotating, right? And that was, and like a lot to what Richard has said is true in that I loved, being able to go back into modern, like play modern and jam standard cards, and that would be the meme. Like I think one of the first times I played Richard, I jammed Torrential Gear Hulk with Mystical Teachings, and that was like hilarious. But oh, that got but, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Mystical Teachings, get Gear Hulk, do all the shenanigans, and it was funny, right? But now it's actually not that crazy. It's a it, you're you're it, it. It's more weird that you aren't jamming standard cards in your modern deck. Yeah, I think if there's one overall thing I've taken away from our conversation today, it's uh, we talked about in Standard how one of the big issues we're having with it is we've seen the same cards in the same deck so often that it kind of just feels the same and it gets yeah. boring. The more we talk about this, it's kind of happening with all of Magic. Like, you're seeing those Omnas in Pioneer and in Modern. You're seeing Lurus. You're seeing, like, those same cards all of magic in some ways is starting to get the sameness because of the bustedness of the cards printed in the last year or two being so good that at the top of every single format that that does kind of take away uh from a lot of the joy i think of of playing these formats because the old technique is oh like standard sucks so i'll go play modern but if you got to play the same (laughs) cards you're trying to avoid uh with or against them in modern like it kind of defeats that uh that strategy a little bit so that is uh, it's like you're you're just kind of like wandering back and forth oh i want to get away from this card well i go back to the i'll go play non-standard go to non-standard oh well that card's played there so i gotta go back to standard now right (laughs) (laughs) and it's like oh but hold on i'm just caught in this vicious loop and i think that's why commander is great like these cards that i think are miserable they aren't dominant there like i'm not not to say that 2019 hasn't had its effects on on like commander but at least there it's singleton and all these other things are like you know like they're just less prominent there and i have way more ways to deal with it it's still truly the format is that is the most like you know that is magic right you can express yourself it's the most expressive format you can still have fun you can play whatever you want with those cards in the format so one more one more question then we got to wrap it up because we're running a little long so let's say we're we're doing this again i don't know a year or two in the future 
is Magic just going to be Commander? Like, obviously, Arena will exist to some extent, I would think. I mean, Moto probably will still exist, but do you think the, the trajectory that we're on right now with Standard, Modern, Pioneer, those 1v1 competitive constructed formats decreasing in popularity, and at the same time, Commander increasing in popularity... Is that a year of commander thing for this year? And then we're going to shift next year and it's going to be different. Or are we just going to keep going down that path until magic essentially is commander for the most part and the other formats don't really see a meaningful amount of play? I will always want there to be standard and all that stuff, right? So for, for me, I think, or I hope called Kaldheim is good, but. To be honest with you, Kaldheim, I'm, outside of, like, the aesthetic of it, like, of the, the looks of the card, I am more so looking for Strixhaven. I, I'm looking forward to that a lot more. So, uh, for me, at least, I'll see once Strixhaven comes out. And maybe Kaldheim changes that, and it's like, I, you know, I'm all in on, on standard, but I, I think Eldraine has to leave before before I make that opinion, that, that decision, if I love standard or not. However, I do think... Commander will stay. Like I, Commander is the format where it doesn't matter what's in the the, the standard format. You know, like there's no. It doesn't matter because you'll always be able to like play what you want. Or I mean, I guess hopefully play what you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's up to Wizards. If Wizards just just keeps doing what they're doing, uh, Commander will be huge, and then all the one v one formats will be a side thought. And I know right now Wizards sees them making money hand over fist with Commander Legends. But I don't know that they see that they're just stealing it from their standard players and then just net, they're not going anywhere. But the thing I fear most is if we're all casual, like the magic community, like this community goes away, right? Like you don't, if you're just playing casually, you don't need to like come together and strategize and talk about the latest cards and things like that. It's like, if you're playing Exploding Kittens or something, like, do you go and read articles? <laughs> like, no, right? You're just like, it's a casual game. My friends are over. Let's play. And then we put it away when we're done, right? Did you know Same with Commander. Catan? Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there, there is. There is. There's a competitive scene for Catan, so. Yeah, but, like, I think nowadays, or maybe, like, two years ago, most people played, like, semi-competitively, right? Like, you played a bit, yeah. but then you read about the game, and you, you went to learn concepts and things like that, right? But if you're playing Commander, you don't really need to do that, right? You can just pick up what you want during the game, put it away, call it a day. Like, I don't watch Commander videos, uh, but I play a ton of Commander, However, when I play Standard or Modern or Legacy, I consume a ton of that content, right? Because I, I need to like understand what's going on and keep up with all the news and all the latest cards. With Commander, I don't need to do that. So I feel maybe the community will shift or like kind of go away. The community will be more like a convention community, right? At Magic Fest, we all meet and play each other. But outside of that, I'm just playing weekly with my friends i don't need to strategize right like I, I don't need to read top 10 white cards i should be playing in my deck or whatever right like it's it's just different so i don't know i'm, I'm worried about that aspect of the community and what's kind of brought magic to where it is today kind of going away because we just don't need that information anymore i think my final take is i really truly am holding out hope that even though this was a path Wizards was kind of heading down because of uh, Arena and other influences, I'm really holding out hope that 
things are going to change once paper magic is possible again. And once we get through this pandemic, like it is easy to forget because it's been going on so long. We are living in the midst of like a once in a lifetime event that is really shut down the way we used to play magic for the past 25 years. Will it recover? I can't say that with confidence. I have no idea, but I'm holding out hope that once we can play paper magic again, we will see a resurgence for non-commander formats. So will it happen? I don't know, but hopefully it does. That is that is my biggest hope, because I do agree that those formats are very important. Uh, whether Wizards like realizes or not, organized play that is attainable is important. People playing Standard and Modern and Pioneer, whatever those type of formats, having those as options, I think it is important for the entire ecosystem of the game. So it would be really sad if that was lost. Hopefully we see a, a rebound and a recovery once we uh, we get through this pandemic. Organized play. Shake my head. <laughs> what is organized play? Ugh. I mean, it, it all, it all started can- when organized play became marketing. Right. Like at some point they decided that rather than having the best players uh, compete, they needed to make it like a big marketing spectacle. Right. And I think that's kind of direction they're going. So that, that kind of kills organized play as a concept. It's now just an invitational marketing event. It's just play. It's, it's just it's disorganized. <laughs> it's just play. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I think we probably better... Uh, hold off fish mail for next week because we went a little bit long this week so i believe on that note that brings us to the end of episode 307 of the mtg goldfish podcast so richard Krim, thanks so much for hanging out thanks to everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we will be back next week to talk Keldheim spoilers, which will be coming up soon, and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So until then, have a great week, everyone, and this is the crew signing out. Bye.